Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. In our Christian walk, we live in this constant tension. This tension is sometimes created because we know what God wants us to be versus what we currently are. And that space in between is what I call the gap. Um, We know that we should be praying more fervently. We know that we should be in our word more often. We know that we should be evangelizing. We know that we should be loving our neighbor, but our current existence isn't that. And so there's this tension between the two and we want to be here, but we're just not there. And since there will always be this distance between us and Jesus, we need to learn how to live within the gap We need to learn how to try and close the gap, and we need to learn how to grow our faith in the gap. But the biggest challenge is sometimes we feel like God has forsaken us because we are not doing what we should be doing as believers. Sometimes we feel like that God has forgotten about us, or maybe he's fallen asleep at the wheel because we have these these exceeding promises, yet my current existence or the way that I am right now simply isn't measuring up. But I believe that instead of looking at the gap in our lives as a bad thing, we should look at it as an opportunity to grow. Why? Because one, faith doesn't grow in a vacuum. Two, is because in the gap, we learn how to trust God. Because at the core of what it is, at faith at its core is learning to trust God. You see, when we're in that season where we feel that tension of the gap, we are becoming authentic. We're becoming what God wants us to be in the hour that he wants us to become it because we have to feel the thing in order to grow. We should also appreciate the gap because in the gap, our character is tested in order to get us to become like the object of our faith, like Christ. I believe some of you might still be saying, what is this gap you're talking about? But I believe that this gap is perfectly illustrated in the story found in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. And in the text, it reads, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way off from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. 
and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's take a second look at uh, verse 22. It says, Immediately he made the disciple get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. They had just completed this long ministry outreach. They had, they had fed a multitude of 5,000. And Jesus gave the disciples the edict or the order to go to the other side. But here's something interesting about the story. This wasn't the first time that the disciples had experienced rocky and rough water. You see, the first time they followed Jesus into the boat in Matthew 8, uh, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27, we find that they followed Jesus into the boat and he said, let us go to the other side. In this one, they were sent. And so we see this, this, this growth and experience where God once allowed them to follow Jesus. And then this time they were sent. And so what's the difference? Well, Jesus wasn't in the boat with them this time. Sometimes God allows us to go through the gaps in our lives and we feel like Christ is not there or God is not watching because he wants us to grow in those experiences where he's not babying us like he did when we were first following him. Why does he do this? Because he wants our faith to grow. And so the first time that they got into the boat, we know the story. Jesus was asleep on the boat and they woke him up and they said, Lord, don't you care that we would perish? And Jesus' response was he stood up, he calmed the waves, he rebuked the winds and he told them, oh, ye of little faith. Maybe some of you can relate to this story just a little bit more now where God possibly brought you through a situation. He rescued you from a certain situation and you got on the other side of it and that you learned your lesson and that you felt like, oh, God, why couldn't I have trusted you? And then a similar situation comes along again and it makes us lose it once again. Maybe it's job loss. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's something like illness or sickness. So the first time Jesus walked through the situation with them, this time Jesus sent them to walk through the situation alone. Why? Because he was growing their faith. As believers in Christ, we can sometimes get so caught up in the distance that God is calling us to go. We can get caught up in the the, 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 the patterns or the difficulty of what he's assigning us to do. We can get caught up in what's, impede, what's in front of us that's going to impede our progress. And in all of this, we lose sight of Christ. I believe that even some of us in the room today, we've gotten caught up in the amount of time it's going to take and we're on the back end of our lives, but God is able to redeem the time. So here's the point of all this. If the journey were easy, it wouldn't require faith. Jesus telling the disciples to get into the boat is creating a classroom for their faith to grow. Success in the ministry that God has given you specifically to do is not always measured in increments that we can see. How many people in the room today <clears throat> where you're sitting over the past few years, God has urged you to go and do something that was going to require your faith to grow in doing it. That's going to require you to step into a gap of uncertainty, of unknown, to see what God is up to, what God is trying to do 
when he puts us in those moments is he's trying to close the gap on our faith. He's trying to get us to a place where we can full, more fully trust him and the things that he's requiring for us to do. And so this morning, I want to point out a few principles that I found in this text to help us along on our faith journey as we learn how to trust God in this world of tension. So what do we learn in the gap? Let's look at verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. In the fourth watch of the night, the wee hours of the morning. You see, when they left, when they left from the side of the sea that Jesus sent them out on, it was evening. And so it wasn't until the fourth watch until Jesus came strutting along on the sea. Oftentimes, Jesus is doing something when we don't even see him doing it. So what was Jesus doing all this time? What was what what was Jesus doing when he sent the <clears throat> when he sent the crowds away from evening until the fourth watch? What could Jesus have had been doing all that time? Well, I'm glad that we don't have to speculate because the scripture tells us in Mark's account of the same story in Mark chapter uh, six, <clears throat> Mark's account verses uh, in Mark's account in chapter six, verses forty five through forty nine. It says immediately he made his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd and after he had taken leave of them, he went up into the mountain to pray. And so while they were on their journey, Jesus was praying. And when evening came, the boat was out on sea and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. You see, when. We're in those gap moments of our life when we're challenged and we're struggling with our faith. Jesus, the Bible says, is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. And we see a display of this in the book of Mark, chapter six, where the disciples were struggling to make headway. They were struggling to do what God had called them to do. And he was praying. Not only was he praying, he was watching. When we are in our gap moments. When we're struggling in our faith, when we can't seem to close the distance in our mind, we can understand that he sees me and he knows my struggles. The Bible says that Jesus was sitting on land watching them, not making headway. I just find this very miraculous and very awesome. Not only was he walking on water, they had been rowing all night long and Jesus just walked up and was about to smooth past them. And he walked close enough for them to cry out. He walked close enough for them to see him and say, man, this is an awesome, this is an awesome, awesome, awesome testimony that when you're going through your struggles, when you're in your tension moments, he sees you. God is not forsaking you just because you're in a gap, just because you feel that tension. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. He sees you. He knows you. He's intimately acquainted with your situation and he's praying for you. Point number two. <clears throat> when we are in the gap, it is because 
Christ's character can only be forged in adversity. Let me say that again. Christ's character can only be forged in adversity. See, we want to be like Jesus. We want to do the things that Jesus did. Well, some of us do. We want to do the things that Jesus did, but we don't want to do what it took for Jesus to be able to walk in those things. Jesus was tested and tried just like we are. Jesus felt pain and adversity just like we do, but we want it to be microwave. We want our faith to just grow like that. And that's not the way that it happens. Testing and trial perfect our faith. We need to walk with God in a way that not only pleases him, but causes our faith to grow. And so Christ-like character is only forged in adversity. <clears throat> Peter said, think it not strange that you go through these fiery trials. Some of us, we go through the trials we go through because we're not spending time resting in God, learning to be with him, learning to walk with him, learning to talk with him, learning to find peace and rest in him. You know that your IQ actually drops when you're tired. Listen, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but I play one when I preach. We often uh, make bad decisions and bad choices when we're tired. When we're tired is those moments when we, uh, we let our guards down and we don't walk with God the way that we should walk with God and the distance begins to pull away like this. It's not that God is walking away from us. It's not that Jesus is walking away from us. It's because we've stopped walking. We've stopped trekking. We've stopped following him. And we just want to sit down and rest in the things that the world tells us are good to us, are good for us. And so while the storm is going on in your life, do you simply want to get out of the storm or do you want to learn while you're in the storm? Do you want to take a hot bubble bath and say, cow gone, take me away? Or do you want to let the, 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 the situation and the circumstance touch your life in a way that you begin to grow, that you begin to call upon God, that you begin to pray like you've never prayed before so that God can work Christ-like character in you? And a lot of times what happens is when we find ourselves in these moments of the gap, we find our comfort, we find our our, our, our happiness in the things that God has not laid out for us to love. It's in those moments where we want to call somebody up and Netflix and chill. It's in those moments where we want to go shopping and spend money that we know we don't have to make me feel better. It's in those moments that we want to do those illegitimate things uh, and get illegitimate satisfaction when God is telling us, come to me, all you who are burdened and are heaven laden and, 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 and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. It's in those moments when <clears throat> a few moments of illegitimate intimacy replace the intimacy that God would have us to have with him. God is calling us, church, to understand that our faith is forged, that Christ-like character is forged in, our, in adversity. It doesn't mean that you're far away from God, that the trials are coming. As a matter of fact, those trials are coming to make you authentic, to make you real, that someone will be able to look at your life and say, now that's a follower of God. So Jesus comes walking on the water. And it's in that moment where you feel like Jesus hasn't saw you, that he doesn't recognize you, that you just simply need to look up. When the wind and the waves are dashing against you, God is telling you to look up. 
when your current address is halfway between your destination and where you're coming from, you have to ask yourself, do I simply want to get out of the storm or do I want to look like Jesus in the storm? Which leads me to my next point. Jesus is trying to get you to look upon him with spiritual eyes while you're in the storm. He's trying to get you to develop a godly perspective. See, they were so fixated on the wind and the waves and they wanted to get off the boat and onto solid ground that they almost didn't recognize the author of life strolling right beside them. Brings me to my fourth point. When you're in the gap, the tension's gonna get so heavy, it's gonna cause you to take action. The tension's gonna get so rough that it's gonna cause you to take action. Peter would have never walked on water if it wasn't for the gap. Peter would have never walked on water if it wasn't before, if it wasn't for the storm. And what we need to understand is while we're in this moment, that we need to not only learn to hear God's voice, we need to learn to obey God's voice. One thing that I love about Peter in this story is he failed trying. <laughs> People laugh at Peter because Peter lost his faith when he got on the water, but the rest of them jokers stayed on the boat. But Peter had a specific word from Jesus. He said, come. Now I want you to notice this. Peter is on a rocky boat. Jesus is walking on rocky water. Where would you have rather been? On a rocky boat or walking on the water? Now I know that you're saying now because you know the end of the story. I would have just hopped out there with Jesus. But the, really, but the reality of the matter is most of us stay on the boat. Because this is a safer bet than that. And Jesus said to him specifically, come. Peter had enough faith to say, Lord, if that's you, tell me, come here. Lord, if that's you, I'll hear your voice and I'll obey. And so he stepped out of the boat onto the raging rocky sea. And he began to walk. But the scripture tells us that. Soon after that, he acknowledged the winds and the waves were blowing. He, re, he acknowledged the, 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 the situation on the sea wasn't conducive for somebody to be walking on. And he began to sink. And Peter said the best prayer that I've ever heard. Because Peter wasn't privy to anybody teaching him that he could walk on water. You see, there was no walking on water for dummies. There were no five easy steps to walking on water. He didn't go to a conference last month where they taught you how to walk on water. Peter just stepped out on Jesus's word. And as he began to sink, he cried out, help. You see, sometimes help is the greatest prayer you can ever pray. Lord, I'm in the gap. Help. Lord, my situation is looking kind of jacked up. Help. Lord, I want to follow you, but I'm falling short. Help. Peter didn't cast fleece. He stepped out. And when he began to sink, he asked for help. You see, Peter failed forward. Some of our problem is we're gripped by fear. We won't allow ourselves to get out of the boat. 
some of us are so worried about what other people will say, what other people will think, that if I step out and do this, it'll cut my life short. If I step out and do this, what will people think of me? What will people say? If I do this thing, people will think that he's high and mighty and he thinks he's all that. Peter didn't care what the other disciples in the boat were saying. He wanted to follow Jesus. And I'm persuaded a lot of you want to follow Jesus, but it's going to take you stepping out and taking action and failing forward. You can't tell me for one second that that dramatic experience didn't change Peter's life. Being able to walk on water. You can tell me nothing if I walked on water. And that brings me to my last point. Jesus began to mature Peter in ways that he would never realize on that day. Peter, that his faith can't be the object of his faith. He taught him that his faith can't be the object of his faith. So what do you mean by that? Oftentimes in our Christian walk, we get down on ourselves because I wish I just had more faith. And faith, our faith becomes the object of what we're striving for. But what we need to understand is our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is in the living God. He's the object of our faith. Our faith is in a faithful God. He's the object of our faith. We can't place so much weight on our faith to get us out of situations. And that when we don't get out of situations, it's because we didn't have enough faith. You see, even though Peter's faith failed, Jesus still rescued him. Jesus still led him back into the boat. And Jesus still quieted the storm. Listen, God is trying to get us to a place, church, where our faith can grow before he quiets the storm. Peter's faith grew before Jesus quieted the storm. So what about you? Are you going to allow him to touch you in the midst of your current situation? Listen, I'm not talking about being uh, on, uh, what's this thing called, babe? No, what's it called? Shelter in place. I'm not talking about being in a situation where we're in shelter in place. I'm persuaded some of us were going through storms before they told you you couldn't leave your house. I'm persuaded that some of us were going through some things before, and this has just been a distraction. This has come along and got our minds off of what God was speaking to us. I'm persuaded that some of us in this hour, we need to pray like Peter did when he got off that boat in the gap. We need to say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, help. And the Bible says immediately. Jesus rich now. Listen, some of us think that Jesus won't even reach down. He won't hear our prayers. And if we're in that status, if we're in that place, I want to pray for you. I want you to reach out to us at elders at necommunity.church and say, I don't feel like God hears my prayers anymore. And let us counsel you. Let us walk you through 
this season. Let us help. You see, Peter came to the end of his self-sufficiency in the storm. He understood that Jesus needs to be the object of his faith. Jesus didn't let him stay down there extra time. Jesus didn't let him go bloop, 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 didn't raise him up. No, it says immediately when he called out, Jesus was right there. And the biggest thing that happened to Peter that day, in his place of needing help, in his place of finding out that he was no longer self-sufficient and he was dependent, he found out that Jesus can fill the gap where his faith fell short. He put him back on a boat. And I'm persuaded that there was the loudest, greatest worship that anybody had ever heard on that boat. All of these things lead us to a deeper walk with God. The gap is there for a purpose. The storm is there for a purpose. To lead us to a place of worship. Listen, church, will you worship him with me? For the next few moments, I just want you to pray that God will let you see that your gap is an asset. And I pray that God will, and I want you to pray that God will show you who he is and what he's doing while you're in the midst of it. That he's trying to get you to a place where you hold him in the proper balance of your heart. Because when Peter did what he did, the others were able to see Jesus for who he is. And I'm persuaded the same about you. That when you step out on faith, and you do what God is calling you to do, others will be able to see who God truly is based on you doing what he's called you or asked you to do. You know, I don't, let me take that back. What he's told you to do. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.